guys, we're if you're done. Hearing, we're done. <laughs> hey, everybody. It is December 13th, 2019. The official SmackDown go home for tables, ladders, and chairs coming up this Sunday on the WWE Network. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Michael Wiseman. Here tonight to talk about this. Oh, tonight, the drama, the suspense. We got the fiend invading uh, the Miz's home. We've got we had dog food in play. Who was going to end up eating the dog food? Uh, so much happened tonight. Hams were slapped out of hands. Ah, Matt, the fiend, the fiend stuff was the fiend I stuff thought, was great. That fantastic. was great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Save the show yeah. in that the fiend stuff was was quality television tonight. Mm -hmm. I would have watched that. And let me just tell you, on Friday, The Mandalorian drops on Disney Plus, and The Fiend stuff, I would have delayed watching The Mandalorian. Wait, real quick. What's Mandalorian? What is it? It's uh, the, uh, you know, remember Boba Fett in Star Wars? It's yeah. a guy that's got the, have you watched this on Disney Plus yet? No. Is this Dude. a cartoon? No, it's no. live action, and it's incredible. It looks like a Star Wars movie. It's a TV show about a guy who's a Mandalorian, so he's got the same Ooh. armor. He's a bounty hunter, Ooh. and uh, it's it's incredible. Worth getting Disney Plus for just to watch. This. So it's like real life, like somebody yeah. like an actor is playing this. Yes, it's live action. Oh, I, it's, I mean, it's not real life, Matt. It is fantasy. We should tell yeah. you. <laughs> this is real. But... It, it takes place after Return of the Jedi, so after the fall of the Empire. Oh, that's awesome! I don't want to spoil it for you. It's so it's kind of like a western in some ways. It's really good. All right, sorry to take a side. Yeah, no, no, no. Here, but I'm glad I asked that now. But my point is, on Fridays, The Mandalorian drops. The Fiend stuff tonight, I'm glad I watched that. That was quality TV. The segment with the mid, all of that was fantastic. It really, really was. Well, and, and and they took a thing where the Miz, you're like, why is he involved in all of this? Yeah. And they gave him a reason for being involved. They built on previous WWE history, which they never do. They use uh -huh. the talking smack. And they made the Miz feel sympathetic. And that's a really strong, like they give some a motivation for fighting on Sunday. So and that's a hard thing to get is sympathy from Miz. The only time it ever felt sympathy for him was in real life when he was going through his tough enough heat and having to change oh, out yeah. in the hallway. I was there when he first, like he was getting a dark match at the time and he wasn't even allowed to change in our locker room. Like it was, wow. this was pre like his heat with JBL and, and others. And even back then, you know, I felt terrible for him. It takes a certain kind of wrestler, I think to pull off a segment like this, because I mean, you could put a lot of guys in this spot and, it could become almost corny, right? right. Um, the family yeah. involvement could be cheesy. It sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But The Miz is talented enough that I think he was the right guy for something like a home invasion from Bray Wyatt. <clears throat> Quick question to you guys, though. Let me ask yeah. you another question. And fans in the chat room as well. Even though that was great and that happened, I kept thinking of my, asking myself this question. Do fans, because the, the, the thesis is supposed to be, well, we can surely feel what Miz must be feeling. No one messes with our family. This is what I would do if this happened to me, and this is how I would feel. That's what the emotion they're trying to draw out of us is. But I kept going back to Miz doesn't strike me as the guy that is going to punch somebody in the face no matter who's messing with his family. You I, I know it's a, I, it's a horrible thing to think, horrible thing to even say. Wow. But he doesn't strike me as Johnny Husband who's going to be like, Miz with my family, you mess with me, like any one of us. <laughs> Because he's so yeah. into himself and so arrogant. Yeah. But don't you think that this is one of those baseline emotions? We talked about this last week. We're supposed week, to. Yes. Well, when you look at some of my favorite movies, which, you know, uh, loosely dubbed the from hell genre, like the cop from hell, Ray Liotta uh -huh. and unlawful uh -huh. entries, stalking Kurt Russell and his wife, uh, De Niro and Cape Fear, which all Bray great strong. jobs. We all could relate yeah. with those, those normal people that were being affected by it. Right. Yeah. I mean, didn't you, I don't know. That's, that's I think where it loses me, though, is, is that I think you're right, Matt. The thing that is on the edge, and again, I think this was really good, so yes. let's, let's pick nits, but let's do it, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and I think the thing about it is The Miz is in this fancy home. He's wearing a suit. He's rich. He's a TV star. He has a reality show. And there is just a little bit of disconnect, right? Um, you heard CM Punk talk about this on, on WWE Backstage this week, the reality factor. Fans want that reality factor. And if it was in my house, it would not look that nice. There would not be lights oh, everywhere. No. It would not be that beautiful. My right. you know, my baby would not look that cute, right? So I think that does take me out of it a little bit, right? <laughs> my baby. <laughs> the Mrs. Baby is better looking than your baby. His baby is beautiful. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I get it. I get it. I agree. Um, do, do you have kids, Mike? 
I do not. Not yet. No, okay. I was going to say, uh, yeah, what but the if hell? Did, Your wife's going <laughs> to kill you. After if, he, that, I was say. if I had a kid, obviously my kid would be 10 times more beautiful than their kid, right? No, total but, uggos <laughs> compared to the Mrs. kids. I mean, come uh, on. Let's be <laughs> keep it real. Whatever. You know. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the segment in depth. I think uh, my issue with tonight was just about everything else on the show. And it wasn't that it was even bad. It just, man, at a certain point, it starts to feel like a rerun. I mean, Corbin and Ziggler together. I don't know how long this has been going on. I know Bobby Roode has a wellness policy suspension. What? For 30 days. Yeah, that, that broke earlier this week. For what? Do we know what? I don't think Bobby they Roode is straighter than an arrow when it comes to being just super by the book yeah but in I'm fairness sure. sometimes it could just be your prescriptions out of date right. i mean they can pop i have you for... heard back when i was thinking about coming back like yeah. um when, when i was gonna come back royal rumble 2014 um uh gnc stuff like, like stuff you can go to the like vitamin shop and get yeah um, i was told even then like don't take any of that stuff you can't even you can't even risk that i was told yeah. um like EAAs, I had I was with uh, what well, I was with one of these nutritional companies, um, and they're like, Did, don't even jeopardize it, don't take anything, get off of all that, you know, EAAs, BCAAs, and da, 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 you get over the counter. It's like, really, it's branch chain amino acids. Is there yeah. nothing great? Like, what the hell, I'm Rudy? You know, Rudy too, too. Like, what am I getting out of that? Other than, and like, no, it's that stringent. But it's so yeah. weird though. You could drink all the alcohol you want, but if you smoke marijuana, you get you get a fine. Yep. Oh, I didn't even think of marijuana. Yeah. yeah, that's that's so outdated. That is incredibly outdated. Well, and there's guys. You always question this policy since we're on. The, in the, they got 30 day suspensions for nobody who doesn't know. It was Bobby Roode and Primo Cologne. So um, first time offenses for both these guys. But mm-hmm. you look at this, and um, yeah, I mean, Bobby doesn't smoke marijuana. Well, and guys like Brock Lesnar, like, are these guys on? I mean, they're not being drug tested. They're not in there every week, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It's so selective. It's so stupid. Um, I feel like they do this once a year just to make an example of s- yeah. someone. They, yeah. They used to do it even worse years, a few years back or more, a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, I think, a Meltzer rumor. He didn't name names, but he said some guys might be trying to, to pop, pop oh, uh, test results smart. and get released. That's pretty smart. <laughs> Three times. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, I, I, yeah, I, I prescribe myself, you know, my own ADHD. <laughs> You know, whatever. I mean, yeah, let me out of my contract. Let me go to AEW. Could you imagine? Is that really what WWE is coming to? I mean, that just sounds like a Seinfeld plot at a certain point, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes time too because that first wellness violation is a 30 day suspension, but you'd come back and I guess get tested. And it's like, what, a 90 day suspension? So I say, yeah. It'll take you six months to go through this. Ooh. Plus hey, the drug addiction. So, if you got uh, years, you know, this is an accelerated plan. Go back yeah. to the Indies. It's like prison if you've got years. What about medical marijuana? Well, you, you have a prescription for it. You still I don't know. It? I don't know. I haven't. Well, so because with marijuana. They should look into that, though, Glenn, because that's the yeah. thing. Like, I'll be very honest. If that was introduced to me, I don't, I don't like pot personally. Like, I don't yeah. like, like recreational. This is not my thing. Um, but had it been introduced to me before painkillers were mm-hmm. back when I had my very first back injury. Who knows? Who knows what that could have done as far yeah. as bridging that gap so I can perform um, and, and still recover and get better health-wise and mm-hmm. deal with the pain versus having to turn to Norco's painkillers. Do you know what I mean? And become a- addicted for five years. Yeah. I mean, I think that WWE has had a really weird history with addiction, with performance-enhancing drugs. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it. It seems like it's almost this arbitrary set of rules that certain things are against it. Other things aren't, you know, I'm surprised though with them. They're pretty, I know we give them a lot of grief, but like they are on the, I'll give them credit. They, they're usually somewhat on the cutting edge, if you will, so to speak on a lot of things, mm-hmm. whether it's social things that go on, um, saying Saudi Arabia, obviously they could not be <laughs> any more tone deaf, tone deaf when it comes to that. But other than that, like as far as the drug policy goes, um, yeah, dude, it's incredibly stringent. Um, but then just in general, with like I said, medical marijuana, like where we've come so far, I'm shocked to hear that they're not, they haven't reassessed their policy with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's only going to help their guys and gals recover. And, and, you know, as long as it's medical, you know, medically needed, you know? Yeah. Well, 
everything with the company feels like a knee-jerk reaction sometimes. And I, I, I think having a drug testing policy is the right call. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But it feels like this was a reaction to what happened with in Benoit. the 2000s with Benoit. I I and the steroids is still a reaction to the 90s. Like all this just feels reactionary and to your point, not hip and modern with what kind of what it is today in culture. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's a difference between some of the smoking pot and smoking PCP. Yeah. Um, you know? and, and alcohol. I mean, you brought this yeah. up. And here's something people don't think about, right? CBD oil. CBD oil is super popular right now in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. CBD, CBD oil is not regulated. And so right. you could take something that you think has would not pop for THC, and yeah. yet it does. Real CBD should have like 0.0001% yeah. THC in it, actually. Even though they say, no, CBD right. oil doesn't have THC. Well, the good kind is that works and is effective is supposed to have a very, very tiny, minute amount in it. I mean, the good kind has THC in it. Let's just clear. <laughs> Seriously, though, that's what I was told. Because yeah. we, we, we use CBD oil for my son Jackson. He's not yeah. autistic for his attention, and it works amazing. Sure. We get him drops of that in the morning and at nighttime before bed, and we've seen huge results from it. I use it for my pain. So does my wife and anxiety yeah. for her as well. No, I think whatever works. I mean, there's got to be new treatments, Matt. I know we've talked about uh, addiction and chemical dependency before, but mm-hmm. with ADHD, I mean, for the better part of 40 years, the answer to ADHD was, hey, we're going to give you a chemical dependency Ritalin. to pharmaceutical right. speed. Ritalin for me, that's the only option that they had in the 80s. They, they've yeah. come a little bit yeah. further, but it's still o- overboard when it comes to the pharmaceutical version versus CBD is a great one. Yeah. yeah. Attention. No, absolutely. But uh, at the same time, hey, uh, you know, as long as Wahang extract is off the market, I guess everybody's safe. Um, oh, man, I miss that. Remember HydroxyCut 20 years ago, Matt? Oh, it was the best. The yes. best, most effective fat burner I've ever taken. So, and then, uh, then what they have on uh, WWE on the, in the 90s, they were like Stacker. Was a Stacker? Yeah, Stacker. Yeah, Stacker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how far we've come. Uh, okay, this seems apropos. I'm going to I'm gonna do it right now. Speaking of, of prescription, speaking of science, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is, uh, you know it, you love it, and I think it's the season to give thanks. And we have to give a big thank you to Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, the sponsor of this episode. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So this is, no, oh, it's herbal, oh, this is, you know, ancient medicine. No, this is science, good old-fashioned American science, men and women in lab coats. Went to school, took out student loans, put themselves through college, through advanced degrees to go to labs every day and research this. And why did they do it? Because every guy remembers what it was like, and you know the time I'm talking about, right around the time college started, when you were just at that peak, and now you're older. And the peak is in the past. But with Blue Chew, you can get that back. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed with BlueChew.com. And because they're chewable, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. So if you think about it, Viagra and Cialis, that's old school. What is this, your grandfather's boner meds? No. Blue Chew is chewable. It's faster. It gets in the bloodstream quicker. And it just makes it so you don't have to schedule ahead and think, hey, babe, in uh, two or three hours, you think you're going to be ready? No. You turn down the lights. You put on you put on some uh, some Sade. You put on maybe uh, maybe some Enigma, right? Lower the lights down. Take the Bluetooth and be like, hey, baby, what's up? Let's hang on. Let's talk. And then, boom, you make your move. Next thing you know, 15, 20 minutes later, it is go time, baby. Now, Bluetooth is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line in the pharmacy. And it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Go to the website, check it out. They are made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. No more, uh, hey, doc, uh, well, well I, got, I got the flu shot, but let me, uh, let me talk to you a little bit about my performance issues in the bedroom. No. Blue Chew makes it simple. We have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WINC. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code WINC to try it free. They're going to send you this pouch. This pouch in it is going to have a lot of Blue Chews. You're going to get you're gonna get like four or five of these bad boys. And I'm telling you, with the holidays around the corner, walk off some time. You know, uh, call call the wife, the girlfriend, or the other special lady or, or man in your life. We don't judge. Uh, and uh, just say, hey, uh, you know, I, I got a little, little Christmas treat, a little Christmas bonus, as it were. BlueChew.com, promo code W-I-N-C to try it free. BlueChew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring this, the Wrestling Inc. podcast. 
and making all of wrestling podcasting possible. Blue Chew, huge, huge supporters of the genre. Absolutely fantastic. Love that we're going to work with them in 2020. Now, to SmackDown, Dolph and Baron Corbin. No Bobby Roode. Corbin recaps the time he's had, defeating Kurt Angle, winning King of the Ring, taking the big dog, big dog down, making him bow down to the king. And uh, at TLC, he's going to put Roman Reigns in his place, and SmackDown will be his to rule as the leader. Matt, how do you think the Baron Corbin push is going with him at the forefront of SmackDown? I think it's going very well. No? I think he does a great job generating heat. Um, he's feeling it, you can tell. Um, not th- you got to give him props, I think. Yeah. Uh, Michael, do you feel like the material is perhaps getting a little old? Yeah, I mean, we're hitting the same notes here with the dog food thing and all, you know, he's, oh, it smells bad out here or whatever else. And again, we've talked about this a lot in the show. Baron Corbin, can he can go out there and do his thing and he can sell it. The material has been weak. But I think, you know, I would say last week, the dog food segment, you heard CM Punk talk about it on WWE Backstage. It works because a heel should be gross. He should be doing disgusting things. And and yeah, it's cheesy. It's corny. It's not as bad as when he had the the fast food mascot come out, the big dog and all that stuff. So I think it has mm-hmm. up since then because he's focused more on saying, I'm better than Roman Reigns. He makes the cheesy jokes, but he's focused more on trying mm-hmm. to prove himself inside that squared circle. And, and Glenn, one other thing is, is that WWE, when they have anything that's even remotely, and TNA used to do this too when I was there, anything that's even remotely talked about or remotely over, even for like five seconds, they immediately do it all over again and they keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's that what you're feeling, that deja vu feeling you're having a little bit. Yeah. All rest, a lot of wrestling companies do it. It's annoying as hell. I feel like if you got him with the right writer, he could be the best heel going. Right lazy, they did that. that part was lazy. I'll admit that. It's just, well, this worked last week. We're going to do it again. Vince thought it was so fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just the weirdest reasons as to why they write what they write versus this worked. So let's let's move let's up the ante the next week. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what it should be. The repeat is old and, and seeing Baron Corbin come out, it's very formulaic, and that's the part that gets old. I do like Corbin better with a guy like Ziggler at his side, kind of that guy who's his hype man almost, who's out there laughing at his joke because it makes you hate them more. And Ziggler was wearing this weird like Unabomber mm-hmm. outfit tonight in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. And and I thought that. Like it made you hate them more, so that piece worked. But yeah, it's it's stale. It's repeating the same thing over and over. Yeah, uh, Ali Love Eleven G in the chat saying she can't stand the fact that so much talent's not utilized. Same old stories with same old crap. They should keep us wanting to watch wrestling. Um, I think that's the risk of it, and I feel that when Dolph is out there, especially, there's just something about that, right? I mean, Matt, what do you think Dolph's track record is? I feel like it's a coin toss almost, whether he makes the segment it, better or it just. Is. It is a coin toss. Um, it shouldn't be because he's yeah. a he's a very effective promo. He he looks like a million bucks. He wrestles like a million bucks. Um, it's just what they've done to him. This is one hundred percent their fault. Yeah. Uh, so Kofi and Biggie came out. One thing I liked about this is this the first time they've addressed Kofi's loss. It had Kofi um, respond uh. when. They said that you know he lost in Brock Le- to Brock Lesnar in seven seconds. Kofi corrected him and said, "No, it was eight seconds, but I'm still a champion." In in yes, it's the first time as far as any kind of like effective talking about it, right? Yeah. To a degree, but I want to say he had like like a millisecond where where they glossed over it really quickly, like yeah. a backstage interview or something, maybe something weird like that. Yeah, but but essentially no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it was okay. I think this was the danger with keeping... I mean, we knew Roman Reigns was going to show up tonight at some point. I think saving him till the very end. <laughs> it made him look kind of like a tool, right? Like, where where was he? Like he was taking out security at the top of the night, and he waits until the last four minutes to come out. It was an effective moment when he came out, but logically, you're like, were you just waiting all night for this? Like the opportune moment to look as badass as possible. But did he though? I think he should have come out. This should have been like Angle with the milk truck or Stone Cold with the beer oh, yeah. truck. Roman should have got epic revenge tonight. Like spraying dog food. Yes. Yeah. Somehow. Yes. 
Yeah, or kibble. Yeah. Like it should have rained kibble down or something. I don't know. Just something. Yeah, those are both actually really good. Rained kibble because it's Roman Reigns. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but no, I think, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I would have liked it a little more there. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. We saw the recap last week of Alexa having her uh, eyelashes ripped off, which again, I mean, not her real eyelashes, the fake eyelashes, but still it did not look pleasant. hurt. Yeah. Those are glued on. Like, sod- those girls, they get them soldered on, damn near. <laughs> My wife gets them done. Dude, that my wife goes, that would kill, man. I go, really? Those aren't real? She goes, no, 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 no. Those are damn near sewn on, soldered on. Yeah, they hurt, man. I went to DeVry to learn how to solder. I solder on Alexa. <laughs> DeVry. Yeah. Not University of Phoenix. Um, <laughs> online. Um, did you hear Kevin Nash say that once? That he went to the University of Phoenix. Really? On a full, on a full athletic scholarship. It's never too late, guys. It's never but too late. He was talking about the online version. <laughs> so yeah. He said it in a pro. Um, Anyways, it's just you know, what is going on? What what did we give like Mandy Rose the kiss of death by putting mm. her over too much that she's like the future of that division like a year and a half ago or whenever it was? Mm. What the Maybe. hell am I missing with both of those two? They could be good. They could have a really good story. They, I know are they pitched. Good. Well, they pitched that angle, right? I mean, Sonia on Total Divas apparently Sonia pitched an angle for right. like a, a lesbian storyline involving her and Mandy, and it seemed like they were going there. Remember, like when EC3 and Mandy was kind of into EC3, and Sonia was like, "Hey, back off, buddy!" Like it actually seemed like they could do something there. I think they've kept them as a team, Why would but they, they never not do it. This is a progressive company. Normally, my my only one that thinks that, like normally, uh, for Trina. the most part. Well, Trina. when it comes to their programming. It does seem weird though that we haven't really had that. Well, yeah. except for the one with uh Billy Gunn. Maybe maybe that's Billy why. Billy and Chuck. Oh my god, yeah. that was really ahead of his time at the time, right? Uh I don't as think as far as wrestling goes. I think it's the sort of thing like Gold Dust. Like now we look back at Gold Dust and we're like, oh man, what a progressive character. But at the time people were chanting the F word at him yeah. and oh like it was god, not yeah. at the time progressive yes, at all. They were man, yeah. But in hindsight, it looks progressive. Yes. Like they were pushing gender boundaries. And, Good point. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Alexa and Nikki won this. I don't know where this feud's going. I don't know what's happening. Let's talk about Sami Zayn. Backstage, heavy machinery uh, was there. Mm-hmm. Otis picked Sami in the secret Santa and tried to give him a ham. Sami's vegan. Knocked it out of his hands. Cesaro and Nakamura came up. Uh, setting up a match for later in the evening. This is horrible, but this... <laughs> This is horrible, but I want to say this. But like Cesaro brings down Nakamura a little bit, like and and think so? me. Mm. I know that's a horrible thing to say because we all love Cesaro. We think he's good. I just don't. He's another one like Dolph, where I think his time has come and gone, as far as us ever really being able to ever put stock into like this guy can be a main event talent like we used to. And he's done nothing wrong. It's not his fault. Again, this really isn't his fault. It's not me trying to get out of saying something negative about him either. It's the truth. Just like Dolph, actually, in that regard. This is where bad writing and not consistent booking hurts what could be a main event talent. Yeah. And yeah. he's, in my opinion, I like Nakamura with uh, Sammy. I thought it was fresh. I thought it was something different. It made Nakamura feel more important. Sammy's funny as hell and great at getting heat. You want to punch him in the face all the time because he's such a jerk on the mic. I think it was great. I don't like Cesaro with it, though. I don't. I think feel like they don't know what they want to do with Cesaro right don't, now. This is the definition of getting some on you. Yeah, Nakamura. yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael. No, no. I, I I think you're right, and it's that constant push pull WWE does, where I think they take a guy and they put him out there for a little bit, and they pull him back, and they put him out there, and they pull him back, and and I think they feel like they can make anybody a star anytime, but <laughs> they don't realize that the fans do have memories, and a guy like Cesaro who is treated kind of subpar for long enough or as a second as a, as a tag team partner, it does have long-term consequences. I feel like wrestling in Capri pants. I'm still, that's still too (laughs) fresh in my mind. That has long-term consequences too. I mean, I'm just, (laughs) (sighs) it's just something about that. Look, I'll never get it out of my head. Yeah. Uh, Shorty G and Mustafa Ali versus the revival. Why, why won't they call them Shorty G and Ali? It just, it rolls off the tongue so well. Uh, This match against the revival. I, was actually surprised the revival got the win here. I thought this was a really good match, though. Overall. Me too, but this was an incredible match. I actually really like this match a lot. And they're a good tag team. Shorty G and Mustafa Ali they work are, really well together. But to be fair, any tag team, any even two singles acts tagging together for the first time versus the revival is going to be a good tag team match. They're yeah. that damn good, dude. 
Well, it seems like they're positioning that they got the win here because the revival is going to go up against New Day for the tag team championships again, right? We're getting a, another match here. Good. I think I'll take it. But I think the money match for me, I think revival is going to lose again, unfortunately. But I do think we're going to see Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura versus a New Day. And I think if that feud is handled right, that could be an amazing tag team feud. Uh, Killer Styles talking about how great it is, how Shatter Machine, how commentary puts it over. I'm trying to think, like in terms of finishers, tag team finishers, that's the one, right? I mean, more so than the the Viking experience, certainly more than the Magic Killer as of late. I feel like Shatter Machine, with the revival, all of it's there. I just don't understand why they're sort of kept at the mid level at this point when they're they're arguably the best tag team in the world. Yeah, yeah. Young Bucks and Venom. And then, and then and then um lucha brothers hmm? could you imagine the revival goes to AEW? AEW <laughs> books the tag team guys the right way finally lucha brothers and young bucks are on top not because and seu no offense to them but <laughs> no for real those are my friends i don't mean to crap on them like that but just Dude, you have the two best, two of the three best tag teams in the world in your division. They should not be towards the bottom of that tag division. Well, Kenny Omega should not have lost a dozen times this year oh, either. For single? But, yes. Right. But it seems like they're trying to make it look like, hey, guys, we're not putting our VPs over, right? Our VPs right. are not going to be on top. We promise. So. And I said in one of our podcasts, I was like, guys, stop. Now is the time. Yes, yes. Yeah. We need you yeah. to do this. We need you to win. Yeah. Okay, what your title is. You guys are that damn important to the company, you know? And they got uh, some good screen time tonight, uh, but this match yes. was great. If you watch anything tonight, awesome. I would say watch this match. Oh, um, yeah. Watch the stuff with the Miz and the Fiend that we'll talk about. And uh, I have to say, I actually uh, okay. We'll talk about what happened before. I thought Dana Brooke versus Bailey was was uh, pretty solid. Of course but... you did. You love Dana Brooke. That's why she <laughs> could do no wrong. Her and what, what, what's the other girl that you really like? That's just so random. Rhea Ripley. You like her. Oh, Alicia that, Fox. Yes, Alicia uh, Fox. That's it. Wait, you like Alicia Fox? Yes. Best she Northern Light suplex in the business. Dude, she won't be on TV for like three straight years, right? <laughs> and she'll have a match on like freaking Velocity. <laughs> and Glenn, Shotgun Saturday night, Alicia Fox comes heat. out, right? Sunday Night Heat. And Glenn, like, did you guys see it? Oh, my She's God. She's really good. She's oh a very gosh. good wrestler, very athletic. She's been with the company a long time. Uh, no, look, with Dana, I've always thought that that uh, flip that she does, that uh, walking somersault is just... Who? Uh, Dana Brooke, when she does the, the summersault. She's a stud-ass athlete. Let's be clear. She is a pro's pro. She's a former Arnold uh, yeah. winner. Um, and I think her personal story was very endearing. Um, just the stuff she's dealt with, her boyfriend, uh, her fiancé that passed mm -hmm. away a year and a half Dallas ago. Dallas McCarver, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's she's been through a lot. Um, and I feel like she was someone that seemed like they were starting to push her a little bit. She got called to the main roster too soon. I want nothing but the best for her. I think in Titus Worldwide, she was great. I think she was great with Charlotte. And uh, exactly. I think she's still finding her way. It's uh, both good and sort of bad that the Batista thing is like the thing that gets her over with the company, right? I mean, Matt, could you imagine if you put this grind in, but then all of a sudden if – you know, at the time, I'm trying to think, like, if Alundra Blaze had been flirting with you on social media, they're like, oh, now we're going to push Matt Morgan. You know, uh, yeah, it just seems strange. Really? My, so the fact that I was seven feet tall, 300 pounds, uh, drug-free, come here early, leave late, and has nothing to do with it? Nope. It's all who, all who <laughs> you're you know making eyes oh, yeah, that, that She's got to be asking herself that, right? Everybody should be. If you get, you know what I mean? You start to get yeah. because of that. Or maybe you're smarter than I am and shut your mouth instead of, like, me, like, complaining about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Saying just so your so, so your mouth, Matt, just take it and then make something of it. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it does seem like Dana Brooke is like this whole Batista thing has really paid off for her, right? Like she she has been kind of getting that mainstream attention. Batista's going into the Hall of Fame. They got that flirting going back. They're going to do a date or whatever. And like Dana Brooke's getting a little bit of a rub from from that connection there. Literally, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although it was weird, like day one, that was so wholesome. They're flirting, and then day two, it was yeah. like, "Oh, this is not wholesome anymore." Let me see them squats. Yeah. Them squats. Like, day one was like it was cute, you know. It was they got they got a little too graphic for my taste, a little too fast, a little too publicly with uh, their back and forth. Anyhow, this was like a this was a all around. I think like Bailey came out and did her thing. Like it was a legit. Oh, decent yeah. promo right it wasn't bad to set up this match it, it was fine oh yeah well let's talk about this sasha banks is off recording a rap album you got i missed that apparently what 
Bailey Sasha announced it. it. Sasha tweeted uh, confirmation of this. Yeah. And uh, here, let me uh, find the tweet. Uh-oh. I saw yeah. this. Matt, um, you might want to cover your ears. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Yeah, uh, share screen. There, tab. We're not really going to listen to this. No, it's not. We're not listening to anything. Uh, legit blueprint coming 2020. About her um, rap album. Uh, Jesus Christmas. So now she's not just stealing my gimmick. She's stealing the blueprint Jay Z's name of his album, too. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. And architects everywhere. Let's not forget the and architects Mike, everywhere. <laughs> Mike Brady had blueprints and he lost them when they went to Six Flags Magic Mountain that time. It wasn't Six Flags Magic Mountain. That's where they shot it. Oh, ooh, I stand corrected. Good job, yeah. Well, I mean, where else would you shoot it if you're in Southern California where the Brady Bunch was shot? But where did they say in the actual? Oh, I was like Funland. It was some, it was some, yeah. if they even said it at all. But yeah, yeah. it was just random amusement. What about the place where Vincent Price was in a cage? Oh, cage. in Hawaii? Yeah. With the tarantula? Yeah. That was like a three-parter. And as a kid, I was I like, this was is a three-part episode? I was scared by that episode. The Grand Canyon one was always the one where they take the mules down. I just thought that looks so boring. Who would want to go down <laughs> to the bottom of Grand Canyon on a mule? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, the Brady Bunch folks, Google it. Um, they could also that ghost town, right? That whole ghost town and like there's the nobody there. Town. Yes. It was like a multi-parter. Mm. Yes. In some ways, Michael, you're the cousin Oliver of this podcast. <laughs> is it gonna is it gonna insult me if i tell you i don't know who cousin oliver is he from the brady bunch don't, don't google it it's you're funny. aging us but no <laughs> cousin oliver it's a compliment no okay sure okay uh, uh <laughs> bailey backstage elias is there with dana brooke elias is singing a song uh there was something about uh, the Bailey wanted a threesome with Elias and Sasha, and Elias is like, "Nah, I'm good, bro." Uh, and then her haircut makes her look like a dude, uh, and then wished her a Merry Christmas. Bailey looked like she was gonna laugh about three times during this segment. Yeah. This was pre-taped, right? This wasn't live. They pre-tape these things during the day, don't they, Matt? Like, mm -hmm. yes. Surprised they didn't redo it. Um, but this led to Dana Brooke versus Bailey, which relatively short, but man, it's. It's strange how little women's uh, in-ring action we're getting as of late. That's like, okay, here you go. Here's your match. match. That was real quick too. It was like under five. Yeah, Bailey won. Who's Bailey wrestling? Is Bailey wrestling on table TLC? I don't. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think they've announced a match for her officially. Um, but she's up. I mean, Lacey Evans would be the logical opponent here, right? Yeah. There are seven matches announced for TLC. Uh, we'll run those down at the end of the show. Do we talk um, about our underused, though, uh, Elias has been, though? I mean, I get it. They're using him for these comedy segments, but put him out there. Like, people respond to him. Let him wrestle. Or uh, keep him off and then bring him back with something good. Not this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, then we had the Miz and Bray Wyatt. We had a little teaser vignette for Seamus, but you know, let's let's wait mm -hmm. and revisit that when he actually shows up. Yeah. Um, new hair. That's the key on this. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Miz sitting down with Renee Young at home at the Miz's home in Los Angeles. We cut to the baby monitor. We see his daughter in the crib and everything's fine. Um, we talk a little bit about the Miz and Daniel Bryan. They show clips from Talking Smack, the great segment they had back in 2016. When we cut, we hear Maurice yelling. We cut back to the uh, baby monitor on the iPad. We see a Firefly Funhouse Bray show up in there. Then when we cut back to the baby monitor view, we see uh, the uh, uh, Sister Abigail and some of the other, uh, like Huskus. We see those stuffed animals in the crib with his daughter. And then when they go in there, they see a blonde doll with her face painted like the fiend. So Maurice is freaking out. The Miz is freaking out. We cut back and then we get Bray on the screen with a new episode of the Firefly Funhouse. He has the doll with him. Talks about he's trying to be nice. It's the holiday season. Uh, just says that no one likes, no one likes snitches. The Miz is wrapped up in what's happening to Daniel Bryan. So he exposed himself uh, in this to, to Bray. And that's why he's getting involved. Uh, he thinks Brian is still with him, uh, but the Miz is with Wyatt. Uh, he goes on, says, "Teaches going to teach the Miz how not to love. He just has to let him in. And then he comments how good the Marine 5 was. Not the Marine 6, the most recent one, but the Marine 5 with his brother, Bo Dallas. And uh, says that uh, Bray will see the Miz at TLC on Sunday. All good stuff. Yeah. This Loved was great. It. Loved it. 
I like how they put Renee out there. She's legit. I mean, doing backstage, I think, gives her even more credibility as a journalist because she's not a commentator every week. And she does great on commentary. But bringing her over and the questions she asked set up that segment perfectly because it felt – that helped it feel real in a way a lot of these things don't often feel. She She's an immediate um, injection of like, like ESPN type of reporter. Yep. You know, I've always felt that about her. I, when they put her in commentary, even though she's good at it, I was like, man, even though she's good, there's better use with her because she had so much legitimacy um, because she's a real, you know, broadcast journalist. You know, she came from, what do you call it? Um, come on. What's the ESPN in Canada? TSN. Oh, that's right. She did. I forgot about she's that. So good on that. Yep. She's very, very talented. This was great. I mean, and that's the thing. I love those style of movies. I love those from hell, stalker movies. Um, I think the way they're doing with this angle this is a nice sidetrack with Bray and the Fiend. And that's the number one the mistake they've made with every single thing they've done with Bray Wyatt in the past. They just latch onto one thing and then just repeat it until it becomes a parody of itself. And they need mm -hmm. to keep doing stuff like this to keep mm -hmm. it fresh. I'm so glad cool. they're doing it. Yeah. And they're still using the Firefly Funhouse in a smart way. He comes out, he kind of summarizes the whole segment, and it worked effectively. Somebody, DMP Games in the chat room said, Are we going to ignore how good of an actress Monroe was? Oh, baby yeah. can cry. Baby can cry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was great. Watch this from tonight. Then we had Heavy Machinery versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro with Sami Zayn with them. Now, here we are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin is where uh otis yes where otis is from so the hometown crowd i mean chanting for him everybody wanting him tonight and uh after this pretty entertaining match cesaro and shinsuke picked up a win yeah i thought for sure cesaro was taking the l yeah what what is it i mean matt it's become this this thing hometown, of hometown uh, yeah. and, and doing the job in your hometown i don't know they're not the same company that they were when i was there they're very different today so I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Maybe it is, but it used to be a test to see, you know, what kind of ego you have, you know, things like that. But then they're doing, the, you know, but then how do I explain Jim Ross after him being with the company for like 20,000 years and then still messing with the poor guy when he's in Oklahoma I, 20 I years like later? I, uh, I don't know. I don't have an answer on, for that part. On day one, Vince McMahon should just walk up to you, kick you in the nuts Get it over. and then see how you react. And that's it. And then you're in. Seriously. I just like, I mean, all this kind of, you know, we got we to gotta toughen you up. I, I think that's, some of that stuff just feels a little bit old school, right? I mean, you need to be mm -hmm. tough to be in the business. I'm, I don't take any of that away. But but it doesn't, I don't feel like this feels like almost high school shenanigans to prove you're worth it. Here's where you need to be tough, whether you get sick or you get hurt, but you're not injured, injured, but you're banged up, you're sore. Sure. You're not going to call, you can't call out of the office right. with it. Right. So to weed out the week for that perspective is smart. But you sure. don't have to do all these crazy, like you said, high school maneuver, bully maneuvers, if you will, to to get that job done. Yeah. Just, it doesn't even make sense when you think about it. it doesn't suppose somebody's a really good fighter, right? And he can throw hands for days, or she could throw hands for days and just kill people, beat people's butts, right, with their hands. Yep. Who's to say though that when they get a hangnail or whatnot, they don't want to, you know, show up the next day? That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just because they could fist fight really good. Yeah, it's like show me you can do you six a.m. I mean? six a.m. media and then Miz, an eight p.m. match. Miz, say what you want about him. Yeah. He's up at three thirty four in the morning yeah. to make a lot of those calls that he's got to go in and do for PR purposes. That right there is a definition of tough. Yeah, seriously. Well, there's a difference in work ethic and just being a tough yes. guy too, right? And I think that's like that's where it's different here. Being a be a professional, and you got to have work ethic to be in this business. You gotta you gotta be mentally tough and go through the grind, but you the don't need thing, to be. So I'm so sorry. I'm no, you're good. Forget you're to, good. I'm, I'm afraid to say it. The other thing is when you get hurt in a match, will you finish it? That's another yeah. thing that they try to weed out of you too. Sorry. Uh, as Travoris in the chat saying, it's crazy the WWE doesn't like to put over the acts that are getting over organically. And here's the thing with heavy machinery. I thought heavy machinery was stupid since day one, but all uh -huh. the credit in the world to them that the crowd like is See, chanting for them. See, like I don't know why I don't have a problem with them, but I do Viking or uh, whatever they are. Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? I I respect what heavy machinery is doing, at least in the sense that I like we're getting them. by on, on charm, charisma, yeah. charisma um, for days. I think of the Viking Raiders. I just think there are some gimmicks that 
I mean, it... if you're above the age of like nine, I'm going to be fair and say nine years old, <laughs> just yeah, look stupid. And they look like, you know, lame, lame Halloween costumes. Yeah, it's a parody. It's it's what's yeah. the difference? Why should I take the Viking Raiders any more seriously than I take Brazongo wearing Dr. Scrubs or pilot uniform? Well, it's the problem that WWE has when they take a team like the War Raiders, who were not actually War Raiders. That was just the name of two really tough badasses who wrestled, yes. and they try to turn them into a Halloween costume, and now they are like the real Vikings but from Game you, of Thrones. But don't you get it? We're giving them character. We're giving oh my them gosh. people can relate now they now that they have a they have a thing on their head, they're more of a character now no they're more you just made them in a joke two killers you just made into a joke yeah but they don't even the viking raiders don't even cut promos where they talk about valhalla like they should be talking like hawkman from flash gordon like out there just cutting these really over the top big promos with character if that's mm -hmm. their gimmick but instead they just put them out there in that gear and it's silly but I think even then, I mean, the Ascension's the perfect example of this. Those guys dominated NXT for, they were NXT champions for a year. They brought them up and they did exactly that. They made them more gimmicky. They talked about being from the wasteland and all that stuff. And it just never worked and it killed them. And they're not with the company anymore. They'll go find success in Ring of Honor because they're a great tag team. Yeah. So Cesaro and Shinsuke won this match. Uh, Sammy was great during this match. I think. No one is having as good of a time in professional wrestling as Sami Zayn is having as a heel. KO's heel run is going to be tough to beat. Yeah. He yeah. was enjoying himself. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> no, he is fantastic. Um, so, and they did this again. We had Ziggler and Corbin backstage with security. Oh, is, is Roman here? I, I just, we know Roman's showing up at the end, man. Lame. Can we go back for half a minute here? And, and I just want to ask you guys, I was, when I saw them win and, and Zayn is doing great work, but I was really excited at the prospect of possibly seeing Shinsuke and um, Cesaro going up against the New Day in the near future. Like, I think they got this win because they're setting them up for big things. That could be a good feud, right? No. They're still, they're going to always feel like two singles acts to me, okay. tag, being forced to tag to get together with one of them that should be, in my opinion, in the main event picture, and the other one, not so much. Sure. And with Cesaro and Shinsuke both, they've had their issues where supposedly, you know, backstage doesn't like them doing promos. They don't like how they talk, how they come across. So with Sammy with them, it does kind of underscore, and say, again, Sammy's great, but it's saying, like, we do not believe in your ability to do anything but wrestle and look good. Yeah, but but yeah, and and I I agree with they should be doing more. They should be singles wrestlers. But for what WWE has given them, and Sami Zayn going on the mic against the New Day, who are so like just him talking down to them for a couple of weeks, I just think that could be fun. Uh, e Huben J, dude, I gotta remember your name every week. He comments <laughs> every week. Um, yes. they need to do something bigger with the Intercontinental Title. I forgot Shinsuke had. The, remember they gave him the black belt. Yep. A few weeks you ago, can't they, see, you can't see yeah. it under the lights. That's why. Yeah, they but they they so they redid the Intercontinental Championship, and I feel like it's forgotten already. Yeah. Well, and it's think? because they're 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 doing this tag team thing, and they just don't give enough time for these second. Do you remember back in the day, like the Intercontinental Championship had a storyline? All of the major titles had a storyline, and um, tonight's show, great matches, but again, they're using these guys in just filler spots to buy time. Well, I mean, and look at the TLC lineup. I mean, there's a lot of stuff not represented there. Just to quickly, we have Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, the New Day versus the Revival for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship belts, mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt versus The Miz, Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy, the Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair for the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Championship. We have Rusev versus Bobby Lashley, and we have the Viking Raiders defending their Raw Tag Team Championships uh, against an opponent to be announced. So, you know, look at all these belts that aren't there. No U.S. title match. No intercontinental title match. No sing women's singles title match. Uh, we don't have either of the main belts. Um, yeah, because Bray versus the They don't even mean what they used to mean anyway. I was hopeful of the intercontinental being on Nakamura meaning something, but no, it doesn't. none of these belts mean yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, there are props at the end of the day. Bailey yeah. is no offense to her. I love Bailey. I do. But uh, she's killing that title. Yeah. And one of the most talented women's rosters we've ever seen. Yeah.
so we went to the main event tonight, which was Kofi Kingston versus Baron Corbin for the first time ever. I feel like there's a reason for it. Yeah. There's a reason for it because I didn't care for it. Yeah. Nobody did. Nobody did. Kofi is not everybody's favorite baby face. He's good at getting drunk sympathy. Yeah. The way they've positioned him, who cares? Well, and we didn't get a win. So who knows who would win in a one on one match? Mm -hmm. Because due to interference uh, from Ziggler on the outside, we had this turn into a two on two match with the New Day, Big E, and Kofi versus Corbin and Ziggler in a tag team match. And then we don't know who won that because, uh, yeah, there uh, were uh, foreign objects with the handcuffs, with Corbin trying to handcuff Kofi and pour dog food on him. There was a DQ, so the New Day won, but then the Revival came out and attacked. Um, and it looks like they had the better of Kofi until Roman Reigns came out and then wrecked shop with Reigns standing tall as we went off the air. Just another combination of two storylines, you know, like they usually do. But, um, man, show, what'd you guys think of the show? What do you give it? Mm. The Bray stuff was really good. So and, one and, between one and 10, what do you guys give it? And the wrestling matches were good. They just don't add up to much beyond tonight's show. So score. I don't I want to score. I'm going to say like a six, 6.5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You guys always make me do it first. Um, yeah. Damn. I was going to give it a seven. You know, the Bray stuff was really good. And th let me tell you this. We're going to remember that Bray segment. We're going to be seeing that for years to come. I think this was a classic moment in modern WWE programming wow. tonight. Crazy, man. That's cool. Wow. But then again, man, go back and look at uh, Pillman and Stone Cold. Go back and look at a lot of other classic moments. Watch the episodes they were on. Yeah, they weren't you great. Don't remember anything else about those That's episodes. True. You know? Something Maybe. tells me back and watch Pillman and Stone Cold. I'm going to see a bunch of stuff on that Raw that's awesome. You're going to see a bunch of stuff that's oh, awesome. That's that's terrible. Right. Like, there is a net gain of, like, I feel like it's almost a net gain of, like, five. Like, some really, some tens. And so I've been re-watching old Raws. Yeah, so the, you don't like them? I think there's... Uh, Dude, I love I, things about them, and then things about them make me, like, cringe. Oh, I went back and rewatched the first DX segment with the face-off with Brett. And Brett accusing Triple H of one of the H's standing for like homosexual. Yep. And like it was really bad. It was bad. Like the highlights on Monday Night Wars make it seem like it was all great. It was not all great. I thought, see, I, the opposite. I think every segment, I'm like, God dang, I wish it was, you know, like this where you can just press play and everything on it I thought was good. Promos included. Every yeah. talent, every talent there was over. That's true. Top Bottom. They all got monster reactions as the baby faces and the heels got monster heat. But yeah. do you think that it's it's the feeling of Brown. what's D'Lo Brown? Feel free. Yeah. You'll hear the pop. D'Lo get. I mean, yeah. just random. Yeah. Sometimes it's the feeling. It's the fe it's the feeling associated with it. I watch a lot of nostalgia based stuff. When I watch it, it's like, oh, it makes me remember this. And I feel like it's 1987 all over again. And there's a level of the, this is why it makes you feel better. But then, okay, I'll go back and watch Dallas Cowboys back when they were one and fifteen, and I hated my life as a little boy back then. It doesn't make me feel so good. Really? And that's you're a happy, well-adjusted kid. No, okay. not until like Emmett Smith, Irvin, and Aikman came. Am I the only one, cousin Oliver over here? Sorry, am I the only one who? Um, by the way, I looked up cousin Oliver during this show, and um, that it looks nothing like me. This dude's got a little Bobby. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> The glasses <laughs> might be similar. <laughs> the shell shock haircut he's got. No, his helmet oh hair. His helmet hair. Oh my gosh! No, I, I like I watch old uh, old commercials, right? Like I just watch old. Cousin <laughs> Oliver, you sons. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I watch old commercials. Like it does feel, and I enjoy watching them. But like there was really good wrestling on this show, and you didn't always get that in the ad like, back in the nineties, mm. right? Mm. Let me give you another good example. Recently, with Thanksgiving. Every year we rewatch re the WKRP episode with the turkey drop. And that episode is not great, except the end when they get to the punchline, the payoff. Like, that's hilarious. But the 20 minutes that came before it is just kind of mediocre late 70s, early 80s sitcom. WKRP. Okay. Uh, and it's a good show. You don't know that. But you know the episode, Why? right? About the, the, the famous turkey drop episode. Yeah. Like, the payoff is fantastic. I'll laugh for five minutes straight, but. The build up to that, just so so. How old are you, Michael? 31. 
not old enough. In my 30s. How about that? Is that good enough? Yes. Um, so there you had it. That was SmackDown tonight. Watch The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm telling you, <laughs> Matt, if you're, are you a Star Wars fan, Matt? Yeah. Did you go uh, check out Rise, Rise of the Resistance yet yes. at Disney World? Yes, that is. <laughs> Have you guys seen it? I've, I've been reading about it. So when we go to Tampa next year for WrestleMania, we're going to go and do Disney before Tampa. It is crazy. It looks awesome. It looks really fantastic. Yeah. Like, I'm always jealous. Like. So you, you live in, you live down there, you know, uh, Brian Fritz, other sports journals, sporting <laughs> news. Um, he just moved to North Carolina a couple years ago, but he used to live there. He would talk about going to Disney all the time. He had a pass. He would just go whenever. And I was like, dude, you are living the life, man. Just, I'll be honest though. We don't do it much. Like I tell yeah. you, Morgan's don't do much. Um, but like, yeah, it's a, it's in your backyard. It's one of those deals. Like if you guys have something really, really cool that other other people think is cool, like where you guys live, you live in freaking California. Glenn. There's tons of stuff out there. Yeah, and, but I don't know, go to Alcatraz. Yeah. I've been to Alcatraz like <laughs> once. <laughs> Get, season passes to Alcatraz <laughs> every weekend. Somewhere somebody thinks that's cool. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Disney though, uh, you know what it is? I mean, we plan our trips around them. And they have like food and wine festival in the fall with the music and everything going on. Like yeah. there's great times yeah. to go there, but... Mm-hmm. You know, that's the problem in Southern California, why Disneyland is such a cluster is because people treat it like going to hang out at the mall. They used to, they just go hang out at Disneyland. That's why it's packed mm-hmm. all the time because yeah. the annual passes abuse it. But Disney World, they have more space. But uh, yeah, seriously, dude, The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, highly recommend. Check also, they have a documentary series, The Imagineering Story, which is about how they built and came up with the ideas for all the rides. Oh, yeah. It's uh, really interesting. I've been watching we, that toy show you told me to watch on Netflix. I oh, like the toys that. that made us? The best. Oh it's my really gosh, good. that show is so good, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. We, no we do have one other TV. other bit of, of things to get to tonight. I like the He-Man one, ironically, better than the wrestling one. The He-Man oh, one really? was really good. Yes, He-Man was my first favorite toy. I've not watched the new season yet with the uh, wrestling and the TMNT, but the first season. I mean, even the um, the Barbie doll one I thought was super fascinating. Just, the history good. of that doll was amazing. Yes. It's an iconic doll. What do you want? Yeah. So the other bit of news, um, and I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat room tonight, helping us moderate some some real real jerks out there in the troll land of uh, YouTube. But um, of course, NXT AEW ratings for this week. Yeah, what was it? Uh, drum roll, please. Wednesday Night Wars going on, and viewership was tied. <laughs> what? Dynamite yeah. drew seven hundred seventy eight thousand viewers. NXT drew seven hundred seventy eight thousand viewers. So no, whichever one what? of you. Whichever one of you did not tune in to Wrestling Wednesday night, this is on you. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, what is that? Can that really happen? There's not like a decimal point or something? I mean, if you look at key demographics, AEW has an edge in 18 to 49, but that's it. But and I think these like- numbers are rounded, Matt. I don't think like it's exactly – they're probably rounded to 1,000 would be my guess here. Um, who won last Margin week? of error. Michael, who won last week? Last week, AEW won by like a hair. A slight margin. It was 851 to 845. So big takeaway ratings did go down this week closer to Christmas. They're going to go down over the next couple of weeks. Um, But yeah, NXT is right in there. But to Glenn's point, um, the actual demographic rating in AEW did come out ahead um, by just a hair. Um, So, okay, really quick. What is so, why is that demographic better? So let's say 60 to 90 year olds or like why that demographic? Okay. So as someone that works in advertising, um, there was a thought that younger people, one, have more discretionary income. You don't have kids. You don't have a house. You got more money Two, you're not brand loyal. Matt, even as now we are uh, in our 43rd year, we have brands. We are loyal to brands that we buy. We cannot be swayed as easily perhaps as a younger person can about what toothpaste to start using or what laundry soap. Than to draw them to your show because they are so frivolous and they will go back. Well, but it's the idea though that you can get those habits, you can get those buyers with more discretionary power, less brand mm-hmm. loyalty. So this is your chance to win better consumers. That being said, 18 to 49 isn't actually not the best demographic for all advertisers. If you look at little watched TV shows that you might say every year, like how did the Americans keep getting renewed or Better Call Saul, shows that are great shows, but they're watched by people no. who make a lot of money and are more likely to buy luxury cars and luxury automobiles. So certain brands like Mercedes will pay a premium to advertise to those audiences. But by and large, hmm. 18 to 49 is considered a very desirable demographic to market to. I hear that. I just always wondered why. Yeah. Yeah. And 25 to 34 has always been considered kind of like one of the keys because at that point, 
again, to Glenn's point, they're dumb enough to spend their money on whatever, but they have <laughs> been employed enough to, to actually have money to buy things with. They're not, you know, resistant as people who get older and stuff. So. I mean, yeah. 18 to 49 is very big. That's a huge chunk. Yeah. When you say 25 to what, 34 or whatever you said, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Very tiny. Yeah, that's a tiny sliver, but that was kind of like one of the key, key. Yeah. That's why you watch the you watch uh, Price is Right every day at 11 o'clock and you see denture advertisements over and over and over. They own that over 50 demographic there. Probably which, didn't or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably did, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But that being said, uh, we I think we talked about this once before. If you uh, and this <clears> happened with WWE on Raw a lot, not with AEW on TNT, and not with Fox. Fox is getting like premium advertisers, like good advertisers. But when you're watching commercials for prepaid cell phones where you have no credit, where they think you're like dropping your pizza is your biggest problem in life, <laughs> um, you know, like telling you not to smoke, um, you're not in a desirable consumer group when you look at those are the type of things you're being marketed this is fascinating wow i didn't know all this that really is fascinating yeah so fox i mean fox even getting like progressive insurance i mean there's some stuff that they're doing where it's like okay these are bigger advertisers bigger names better spends um i mean it's interesting man it's interesting just to look at how you're viewed based on what is being advertised to you and you and you know what you know that you're an old person if you're watching tv where they're trying to sell you on reverse mortgages and uh like (laughs) general insurance right i mean matt matt no offense to your beloved fox news but when i'm seeing ads for catheter refills i'm wondering what kind of demographic do they think i'm in that this is my you're watching at two in the morning that doesn't count But yeah, so you could tell how you are viewed by what the ads are. What is, up what does Blue Chew say? Like, what, what does that put us at here on Blue Chew? Blue Chew. Well, I, I run Blue Chew's podcast ads, and we uh-huh. run on a lot of sports. We run on wrestling. We run on comedy. Uh, we run on music. We do a wide variety of programming. But we're trying to reach men, right? We want to reach men, and we want to spend their little old, that are a little older. We don't want to reach people that are old. We want to reach people that you know, as I described, people that once. Were in their prime and are now starting to to sunset into middle age and can just use what, that little I, boost. I could have sworn I was twenty one years old or twenty six maybe. Yeah. Is when technically, yeah, you're gonna need it. Yeah, it no, it, it starts going downhill, man. Uh, mm-hmm. So. But, you know, I rep a lot of different advertisers. We have some brands that want to reach just women, some brands that want to reach just moms. We have some stuff where it's all about self-improvement based audiences. So every advertiser has a different mindset. And with wrestling, look at it now. WWE has a podcast network. Look who's advertising on there. You could tell, like, these are the brands they're trying to court and what they're trying to do with so it. What does that say for WWE Raw? Because the USA Network commercials, are, I think, are terrible. Versus... I don't think USA tries to sell them very hard. I know that Fox made a real push to get... Fox advertisers in USA isn't, um, I mean, they do well, but they're kind of past their primes, you know, as a cable network because Suits is off the air. Uh, their, their big shows are done for the most part. Like, what does USA have that's bringing in the A level advertisers? They're kind of like the B level of the yeah. NBC Universal family. But that's where I get confused because a, a rating, a high rating is a high rating, and all things yeah. considered, Monday Night Raw is a very big number versus other shows, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's very different nowadays too, though, because like I mean, you go back twenty years, there was so fewer TV shows on, but also they didn't have the ways to access specific advertising groups that they do now. Yeah. I mean, you go on Facebook now, I can target people who are forty two years old in my city to advertise blah towards them. And advertisers didn't used to have those tools. So you used to have to say wider ranges because we're kind of guessing at what some of these viewers might be like based off of Nielsen and sample size. So I I think it's changing now too, where you're finding ways where every viewer can be valuable if you send them the right advertisement. Yeah. And if you're watching on DirecTV now and you see those terrible slideshows saying, we'll be right back, that's local inventory that they couldn't sell on a national level. So when you see those like unstoppable with Dan Patrick ads with the music loop going on in the background uh, on DirecTV now, I see those all the time. Anyhow, that's this week in advertising <laughs> as it affects professional wrestling. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to be here to talk about TLC 2019. Yep. Seven matches announced. It'll be myself, Matt Morgan, and I think Raj, maybe. Tune in. I, don't, I think it's either him or Justin, maybe. I don't remember. We'll my see. advice, my advice, is coming in the mail. Don't worry, I'll be there. Hey, go watch those Culver, cousin Oliver Wait. episodes. Cousin Oliver was in the last episode with the cousin. rabbits and the hair dye. You guys, oh, cousin Oliver. 
Cousin Oliver. Mm. And you know, they thought they were coming back for another season. That's why the final episode of the Brady Bunch wasn't a final episode. It's a death. <laughs> what does it say about uh, this podcast then huh <laughs> we're done after this after this <sighs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna go listen to it's a sunshine day and uh, <laughs> keep on moving okay folks uh he's at the real wiseman he's at BP Matt Morgan I'm at Glenn Rubinson on Twitter I'll be live tweeting along with TLC on Sunday if you want to give me a follow and we will catch you back here then for the wrestling Inc podcast take care